Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. Our uh, second part, we're going to cover some things on uh, worship and praise. All right, we'll just take Acts chapter 2 because we've been using this as our base for our Principles of Church Life class. Then they that gladly received his word, Acts 2 verse 41 I'm reading. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And then uh, next Sunday we'll be dealing with them in breaking of bread and uh, breaking of bread and in prayer. So today we want to look at fellowship and the two aspects of fellowship, particularly our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ or with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then uh, with each other. All right, just reading off your notes here, we're going to follow a little bit along uh, on the outline here. They continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, we saw last week, and in fellowship. We noticed last week that it's not they continued in fellowship first. They continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, then fellowship, because as we saw last week, unless our people continue in the Apostles' Doctrine or the doctrine the faith wants to live with the saints, there are some areas that we cannot have fellowship with, uh, with people because of false doctrine. So, uh, today when there's such an emphasis, well, let's have fellowship, let's forget our doctrines. I think we handled that very uh, carefully last week from the scripture that it's sound doctrine and then uh, fellowship that arises out of that. All right, number one, what is fellowship? A Greek word being used much today is koinonia, and we find various fellowships have called themselves koinonia, from which uh, two words in our English translation are translated. Number one, we have the word fellowship translated, which is they continued in the Apostles' Doctrine and Koinonia Fellowship. And then the other word that we have is communion. It's the same Greek word and it simply means the act of using a thing in common. The meaning of the words fellowship, companionship, uh, mutual sharing, gathering of people having the same interests. And the word communion to have in common is share by all participation, partnership. All right, number two, who are we to fellowship with? Okay, fellowship must be twofold in order to be effective. Uh, first of all, fellowship Godward, and we'll be dealing with that a little bit more fully on our uh, part on worship and praise, and then manward. All right, let's turn to three scriptures here. Fellowship vertically, uh, Godward. First of all, our fellowship uh, towards God vertically, and then under B, fellowship horizontally, manward, or towards, uh, towards each other. First John chapter 3 where the Apostle John, in, in uh, looking at this uh, word here, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3, he says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So your first fill in there is fellowship with the Father. Truly our fellowship is with the Father. So fellowship with the Father God, God the Father, our fellowship with the Father. How many of us really have day-by-day day fellowship with the Father? Hands up. About the rest of us. See, if we're Christians, if we're believers, fellowship is not just a thing that takes place in church. Fellowship should be a daily fellowship. I have daily fellowship with my wife. Is that right, dear? And she makes an appointment to see me sometimes if I'm too busy to see her. But she knows she can always see me if she makes an appointment. But we have daily fellowship. <laughs> all husbands and wives should, well, all believers should have daily fellowship with the Father. As soon as we get up in the morning, good morning, Father. Amen? Where well, we have that union, that communion, that participation, that sharing together with the Father. All right, then... Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 9, which also confirms uh, 1 John 1, 3. Not only do we have fellowship with the Father, but number two on your fill-in there is fellowship with, with His Son, Jesus Christ. I'd like uh, us to look at 1 John, chap uh, 1 Corinthians, pardon me, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So we have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So, how do we have fellowship with the Father? The good old famous hymn, 
uh, oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. So there's no way of us having fellowship with the Father unless we come to the Father through the Son. Is that right? So when we come to the Father, we always say, Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're coming to God through our mediator. And as I've said so many, many times, and I can, I'll continue to say it, there are many, many religions in the world and they claim to have fellowship and I believe in God and so forth. But as we've said many times, Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. The test is not over believing God. Every religion believes in God. The test is over who do they go to God through? The test is never over the Father. The test is over the Son. So come to the Father through Jesus the Son. So as I've said and I keep saying, none of us, not even as believers, we cannot go to God the Father direct. We must go to God the Father through Jesus Christ. He's the mediator, the only mediator between God and man. So if I want to have fellowship with God, I must come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he has done. Amen? All right, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 is another beautiful verse. Now, how can I come to the Father through the Son? All right, second, uh, Philippians, uh, the second chapter, and verse 1 gives us a thought here on this thought of fellowship. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit... If any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, and so forth. So here on your fill-in, fellowship of the Spirit. Now the thought that I believe is conveyed there is that the only way we can come to the Father is through the Son. And the only way we can come to the Son and through the Father, uh, to the Father is by the Spirit. God has sent the Holy Spirit and uh, the Holy Spirit, when we're born of the Spirit, led of the Spirit, we worship the Father in Spirit and truth. So we come to the Son and come to the Father by the Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no way of coming to the Son or to the Father. The, the Holy Spirit comes to reveal the Son. The, the Holy Spirit comes to make the Son real to us. How many allow the Holy Spirit to make Jesus real to you day by day? Amen? Uh, so our fellowship vertically, God would is, Fellowship by the Spirit. So uh, let's turn over to uh, how Paul puts it this way, because it involves the go whole Godhead in our in our in our fellowship here with the Godhead. The whole Godhead is involved. Ephesians chapter two, where Paul puts it this way. Ephesians two. And uh, this, uh, I believe, is one of the. Uh, very clearest and most specific verses about the Godhead being involved in our, our fellowship here, our worship here. Ephesians 2 and verse 18. And for through him, that is through the Son, through him we both, Jew and Gentile, have access by one Spirit unto the Father. So we come to the Father through Jesus the Son by one Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit and and to me, this is a tremendous thought that the Holy Spirit in me and the Holy Spirit is you, in you is in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ who's in contact with the Father 24 hours a day. So I have a hotline through the glory. How many have got a hotline through the glory? The Holy Spirit in me, the God the Father in heaven, Jesus Christ in his glorified body at the right hand of the Father in the throne. How can I have contact? How can I have a hotline through the glory by the Spirit. And so our fellowship vertically involves the Godhead. We come to the Father through Jesus, the Son, by the Spirit. For through Him, through the Son, Jesus Christ, we both, Jew and Gentile, have, have access by one Spirit unto the Father. So you see the point here is this, that how can any religion who rejects the Holy Spirit and who rejects Jesus Christ, the Son of God, how can they have access to the Father? No way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So there's no way. So it, it, it's a very heavy thing, but it's Bible. Do you believe what I'm saying this morning is Bible? That no religion who believes in God has access to God unless they come by the mediator, Jesus Christ, 
and by the Spirit. And when religions, false religions, believe, uh, reject the Holy Spirit as a person, reject Jesus Christ as the mediator, and yet say, God, Allah, no access to God apart from the Son and without the Spirit. Is that good Bible this morning? All right, so this fellowship, uh, continue on your notes there, this fellowship is expressed in pra prayer, praise, worship in the Spirit and in truth, which we'll be dealing with on the other side of the sheet. All right, B, fellowship horizontally, manward. There must also be a two-way communication with believers, fellowship with one another. Uh, and in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, uh, we have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. Let's just turn over to that verse again and... Uh, Remind ourselves of what it's saying here. 1 John chapter 1. And let's uh, link verse 3 and uh, 6 and 7. You'll note the key thought of fellowship in 1 John uh, verse 3, chapter 1 verse 3, 6 and 7. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. Verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth, it goes on cleansing, present continuous tense. The blood is continually cleansing us 24 hours a day. The blood is cleansing me now. The blood is cleansing us now. Fellowship with one another. So this morning we come for fellowship. Fellowship with the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit, horizontal, but fellowship with one another. And you know, one of the tragedies today about these things, and we don't want these lessons just to be a lot of information, you know, we can come to church and we can just go through a routine and never have any real fellowship with each other. We can go through devotion in motion this side of the ocean. We can go through all the form, you know, and never have any real fellowship. And uh, uh, many, many times people gather in various sheep sheds and places of, quote, worship, and we sing a hymn and a prayer and a fast one, a slow one, a sermon, that's the Christian, let's go home, and uh, that's fellowship. And there's been no real fellowship with one another. So it's just a form that God got nothing out of and people just pacified their conscience. I want fellowship here, Waverly Christian Fellowship. Let's live up to our name, that we are a fellowshipping church and we do have fellowship with each other and not just going through a routine. Amen? Genuine fellowship where there's a mutual sharing and participation and communion, acceptance of each other, relationship to each other. That's true fellowship. Otherwise, it just becomes a, a form. All right, fellowship uh, in uh, Galatians 2 verse 9. We won't turn to this one. Uh, Paul and Barnabas and Peter, they extended to them the right hand of fellowship. So when you shake hands with each other, it's a, an expression of fellowship. When you shake hands with somebody, you're receiving them. David, you know, I, I don't like shaking hands with the people that, you know, they've got a hand like a lump of jelly and you shake it and give it back to them. Isn't that yucky? Have you ever done that? It's just yucky. It gives me the creeps. Say, so here's your hand back. It was nice to shake it. I just like a good handshake and it's, it's an acceptance. I receive you, David. I, I love you as my brother-in-law. I receive you as a fellow elder. It's an expression of general, gen, a genuine fellowship, not just uh, shaking the hands and giving it back. Um, the fellowship of ministering to the saints. So I, we broke this up into two areas. Uh, there's fellowship spiritually. Acts 2:42. they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine fellowship. And this fellowship and uh, particularly uh, not only in the larger gathering, but we want to encourage you, if you're not in a home meeting, get involved in a home meeting. What's the purpose of a home meeting? So that we can have a bit more fellowship than just fellowship in a, in a, in a bigger meeting like this where you're just having neck-to-neck -neck fellowship. You study the pimples on the guy's neck at the back. Sunday by Sunday, you count the black hairs and the white hairs uh, that they have. And... <laughs> Pat's shaking your head vigorously there. Uh, that's not fellowship, neck-to-neck -neck fellowship. But uh, in a home meeting, get together and, you know, uh, I, I confess my, my weaknesses on this now, but when we first started uh, fellowship meetings, home meetings in uh, 
Bible temple. It was very hard because, you know, I'm the preacher, I'm the teacher, and I'm used to thundering out here from Mount Sinai. Uh, Moses Connor, they used to call me. And uh, this is fellowship. But, you know, to get in a small meeting with about a dozen people, and then you become real spiritual. Well, we're going to have fellowship now, a home meeting fellowship, and we all close our eyes, and we're frightened to look at each other, and, you know, and, oh, it's nice to be in the presence of the Lord, but I don't like looking at you, you know. And God's got to break that thing down. And so a lot of people, you know, they like to come to a big meeting, and you can get lost in a crowd. You can be swallowed up in a crowd. But to get into a home meeting where somebody's looking right at you, eyeball to eyeball, Oh, then we're going to get spiritual. Now, let's just say, I love you, brother. Oh, I love you, brother. I love you. I love you, brother. I love you. You know, and we get so super spiritual. Why don't we be natural? I mean, my wife would die if I just put my arms and said, I love you with my eyes shut. I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, I never did like a king-sized bear because I could never find her in the dark, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So we get some super false spirituality about the thing instead of being real people. Uh, I don't think the brother's here this morning. He was, uh, we were talking yesterday. He said, I appreciate your speaking, brother. You, uh, brother Connor, you, you, you talk with a real voice. <laughs> now, I understood what he meant because, you know, I mean, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today in the sight of God and his holy angels. You know, I can't picture, pardon me, you know, I can't picture Jesus. I believe Jesus, Paul, and Peter, and the apostles, I believe they were naturally spiritual and spiritually natural. And I don't think we should be one thing up in the pulpit here, and I get a falsetto voice. Oh, amen. You know, I cannot picture the apostolic church doing that. Is that all right? You, you get the point. Do you get the point? <laughs> Is this all right, Sister Connor, when I see my wife bow her head? <laughs> Anytime I go away from meetings, first question she asks when I come home, did you behave yourself? <laughs> Were you good? And I just say what Jesus said, ask them that heard me. You know. So, but, you know, we, we get this false super spirituality. And so I believe Jesus was naturally spiritual and spiritually natural. I believe Paul and the apostles were, and we should be, naturally spiritual and spiritually natural. I'm just the same at home, probably worse uh, a little bit than I am here. But I just want to be natural. I'm Kevin Connor. Right? And that's how the oil flows through the pipe. Amen? All right, so spiritual fellowship, praying together singing, praising, and worshipping together. We'll deal more fully with that. Sharing together in testimony. Remember that fellowship is companionship, mutual sharing, gathering of people are having the same interest, having in common, participation, partnership. So uh, we can do this spiritually. Are praying together, singing, praising, worshipping together, sharing together in testimony, exhortation, encouragement, edifying one another in the Spirit's operations, uh, prophetic word, exhortation, song of the Lord, However, the Holy Spirit wants to flow through the body. And that's why this is not to be a one-man show here. We want the Lord to flow through the body. Uh, ministry of the Word, the Apostles' Doctrine, communion. That is uh, breaking of bread. That is fellowship. Not just going through an empty form, an empty ceremony, but a communion. Uh, this is the table of communion. The communion table is koinonia. It's a fellowship table. Uh, practically, uh, there's practical ways of having fellowship house or home fellowship. They continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and breaking bread from house to house. Uh, uh, we managed to do both the other night. We went to Brother and Sister Green's house and had a meal there. We had communion there. We had a good meal. It was really good. And then we shot off to Brother Max's home meeting and had spiritual fellowship there. We go from house to house eating and drinking. You can live by faith cheaper that way. Um, it's just tremendous. Hey? So, well, it wasn't very spiritual, but it's Bible. They broke bread from house to house. Uh, meeting material needs when the saints were in want. And uh, I think it's just beautiful to see amongst the fellowship. And I want to encourage you because this is fellowship of uh, different saints here making uh, uh, dishes, hot dishes, and taking them over to Trevor and uh, 
and Gene Matthews and just that's fellowship ministering to one another it's not just you know all pie in the sky when we die I like pie now Helen Biss knows the type of fruitcake I love it's just one of that's fellowship every chew I think of you <laughs> that <laughs> fellowship it's being it's being real people amen uh, this, <laughs> Uh, to communicate, giving tithes and offerings and, and uh, the relief fund we have uh, that is given out to some people in, 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 in uh, need at times. It's not a lucky dip, please. I just want to qualify that. Uh, that's fellowship, distributing to the necessity of the saints. Hospitality. I want to I put this in your mind because in a uh, number of weeks' time I want to do this. I want us as a church here to have a Hospitality Sunday. And by Hospitality Sunday, I'd like to see everybody invite somebody out to your home for Sunday meal. Not to stay all afternoon. I, like, I know you like to lay before the Lord and have your afternoon nap. And that. But wouldn't that be great if everybody invited somebody to their home? How many are in favor of that? Hands up. A little bit of democracy. Okay. So let's, let's prepare for that. For a Hospitality Sunday, we could take two families, couldn't we, Joyce? Would there be enough food in the house? And anyway, Mark could fast all that week and uh, we'll work something out. Uh, <laughs> getting to know and appreciate each other. Visit. Fellowship becomes the way of life. There's real joy and real fellowship, meeting and sharing and spiritual, practical and social needs. And uh, I think just getting together, sometimes we think we just have to be spiritual. Now let's just get together and enjoy each other. I enjoy the Lord. I enjoy God's kids just enjoying each other. Just get together. And I think it's tremendous since we've moved up our uh, evening service to 5.30 of how many people after the meeting are going to different homes just for a cup of tea and liquid damnation coffee, I mean, uh, you know, and just fellowship, just enjoying each other. The world out there, they enjoy each other. They have their form of fellowship. And I believe as God's people, we just need to enjoy each other and appreciate each other receive each other as people. We all need that acceptance. And, and many times people leave the church because they don't feel accepted, don't feel wanted, don't feel loved. Let's accept one another. This is part of fellowship, amen? So fellowship with the Lord, fellowship with one another. Okay, going down to the bottom here. Uh, with what are we forbidden to fellowship? All right, I'm not going to go through these scriptures. Uh, I want to move on to the second session with combining a couple of lessons. We're not to fellowship with the world. And by the world, we mean the world. Those of you in First John, what do we mean? The world what? The world system. That spirit of the world. All right, we're not to fellowship. I'd like you to look at this one anyway. First Corinthians 10, it's a very uh, peculiar verse. Uh, many things that uh, we're just sort of condensing in these sessions, uh, they, they will be taken up and are taken up from uh, various times. First Corinthians 10. And I'd like to read the context of it this morning because it's very interesting setting here and uh, we'll be dealing with this sort of when we, because of uh, catechism with charismatic Corinthians. Let's take from verse uh, 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, not which a priest blesses, but which we bless. Is it not the communion, koinonia, the sharing, the participation, the part uh, partnership, the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break. Is it not the communion, koinonia, of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we were all partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel, after the flesh, are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That the idol is anything, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say, this is what I'm saying that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. We'll deal with this in our Corinthian class later on. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. What's he put all that thing in there to do with the communion table? Cup of devils? cup of the Lord, table of devils, table of the Lord. We'll 
we'll deal with that more fully because of uh, the spirit. So we're not to fellowship satanic spirits. Uh, uh, back to your notes here. We're not to fellowship with unrighteousness. What fellowship have unrighteousness with righteousness? We cannot fellowship with people who are living a sinful lifestyle. Okay? And I'm talking about sharing together in the real sense of fellowship. I'm not talking about what Paul says, well, uh, you'd have to leave the world. You have to work with people who are living unrighteous lives, but there's no real fellowship. We're not to fellowship with false religions or false doctrine. If anybody come bringing to you this doctrine, not the doctrine of the Father and the Son, if he doesn't bring this doctrine, don't receive him into your house. Under F, uh, disorderly conduct when we deal with church discipline. So there's certain areas that we are forbidden to fellowship with. But you know, one of the tragedies is that often when uh, there comes the necessity of church discipline, people sympathize against the Word of God with the person. And so our sympathies take precedence over the Word of God. And we say, oh, well, we're showing love. No, let's show God, love God's way because... God's love sometimes involves discipline. Discipline to bring a person to repentance. Amen? All right, so our fellowship is twofold with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, Godward, and our fellowship one with each other, spiritually and practically. And as I said, home meetings are a real good way of having closer fellowship on a smaller scale. Okay, let's turn over the other side of the sheet here on the area of praise. All right, as I said, uh, we're combining sort of two lessons here. Is worship important? I'd like you to turn over to Matthew chapter 4 and look at one of these scriptures here. The answer is yes. And this particularly has to do with our fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 4. And verse 10, one of, the, uh, one of the temptations that Satan brought to Jesus was in the area of worship. We'll read verse, uh, uh, paraphrase 8 and 9. The devil takes him to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Said to him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Satan has always wanted worship. That's why there is a tremendous increase today of Satan worship. And we never dreamt, I never dreamt in the wildest uh, dreams that uh, there would arise so many Satanist churches throughout America and Britain. There are untold thousands of witches and covens and what have you uh, just uh, just uh, two or three years back in, in London at Halloween time. And listen, saints, don't let us as Christians get caught up with that Halloween spirit that's getting into Australia. And it's a plague in America. And so many churches have Halloween in their church. If we knew the source of the thing and the, the devil worship, and, and just in Britain alone on one Halloween night, they sacrificed 500 babies that women got pregnant for so the baby would be born in time for child sacrifice at Halloween. This is Christian Britain, let alone America. And I see this thing's getting in here. And see, Christians are ignorant of what Halloween is all about. It's just plain devil worship. And so all over the world, thousands and thousands of Satanist churches are arising with a Satanist Bible and everything because... When Satan rose up against, and this is what I believe happened way back in eternity, when God the Father brought forth his only begotten Son and manifested the Word in uh, Hebrews 1, we're told where the Father said, let all the angels of God worship him. And as soon as Lucifer saw the Word brought forth, because uh, the name of the Son in eternity is the Word. When the Word was made flesh, the Word was named Jesus. Jesus is the name of the Word's humanity. But his eternal name is the Word. In the beginning was God, in the beginning was the Word. And so his eternal name was the Word. But when the Word was made flesh, he named that Word made flesh Jesus. And so when he bringeth his only begotten Son into the world, 
the Father said, let all the angels of God worship him. And I believe in that split second, Satan rose up and said, worship, I'm not going to worship the word. I'm not going to bow to the word. And he rose up against the word. And he got a third of the angels, we assume, to rise up in rebellion against the word because he was the anointed cherub. He had an anointed ministry. He was the worship leader. And he wanted worship. And so when he turned the angels, worship me, he wanted worship. And so all through the whole of human history, 6,000 years, devil worship, devil worship, devil worship. And so now here the devil comes to the very Son of God, not understanding fully who he was in the incarnation, and says, look, you don't have to go by way of the cross. I can give you all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them without the cross, just for one moment, one minute of worship. If you fall down and worship me, can you picture it? The Son of God worshiping the devil, devil worship. And look what Jesus And you say, Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship? Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. And to me, verse 23 is such a profound statement. But the hour cometh and now is when the true, and that word true is the real, the genuine, when the true, the real, the genuine worshippers will worship the Father, A, for your fill-in, in spirit, B, and in truth. So how are we to worship God? We are to worship God in spirit and in truth. Worship God in spirit and in truth. And the moment Jesus said that, when he said, the hour cometh, the hour cometh, and now is, he repudiated Jerusalem as an earthly place of worship because the woman was arguing over places. She said, Jerusalem's the place where we ought to worship. We say Samaria is the place where we ought to worship, and people argue over places of worship. It's not a place where we worship, it's a person. And we get wrapped up in places. We like to have a nice place with little crosses with luminous crosses and doves and you know beautify the thing and holy altars and high altars and low altars and smells and bowels and incense nonsense we like to have stained glass window we like to have and god is not interested in the place as far as the place is concerned he wants us to worship in spirit and in truth a person not a place amen so jesus repudiated jerusalem just as a place we just this is just a sheep shed, and I'll be glad when we get our own sheep shed up. Amen? We need it. There's so, much, so many things we've got to get going here. But we need our own sheep shed, so keep praying and trusting God. Okay, it's very interesting here. Worship in spirit and in truth. In John chapter 3, the emphasis on the spirit there is what? John, in my Bible, John, John chapter 3 precedes John 4. Is that profound? In John chapter 3, except a man be born of the Spirit, cannot see the kingdom of God, cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So John chapter 3, the emphasis on the Spirit there is being born of the Spirit. In John chapter 4, the emphasis on the Spirit here is worship in spirit. How can a person worship in spirit unless they've been born of the spirit? Right? And uh, please don't take these things wrong, but I, I have a responsibility under God to speak the truth and speak it in love and speak it in the right spirit. As God looks down on the great metropolis of Melbourne, there will be thousands in various places of worship. Worship service, 11 to 12, thousands. But as God looks down, how many people have never ever been born again, born of the Spirit? So how can anybody who's not born of the Spirit and experienced John 3, how can they experience John 4, worship in Spirit? It's impossible, amen? So we cannot worship in Spirit unless we've been born of the Spirit. John 3 precedes John 4. So I'm glad that I've been born of the Spirit of God. 
and the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to worship in spirit? I'd like you to go back to John 4 just for a thought here. John 4. You'll notice uh, the uh, translators, and I believe correctly so, have translated the word spirit with a small s and a capital S. Let's take verse 23 and 24. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers, the genuine, the real, shall worship the Father in spirit, small s, and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24, God is a spirit, capital S, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit, small s, and in truth. So we have two spirits here. God who is spirit, and then we have our human spirit. So I believe what Jesus is saying here is if I'm to worship the Father in spirit and truth, spirit must worship spirit. My spirit must worship God who is spirit. So if I'm to worship in spirit and truth, how can I do it? Well, you know, I believe one of the major reasons you and I have been born of the spirit, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And we can say the same thing, the two words are used again there, that which is born of the Holy Spirit, capital S for spirit, is spirit, is the human spirit, is that right? So, my spirit is born of the Holy Spirit. When we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit come to my spirit for? The Spirit beareth witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. So, do you know what I believe it means to worship in spirit? I believe it means that the Holy Spirit comes to our spirit, our spirit is regenerated, it's born again, and then the Holy Spirit quickens my spirit, energizes my spirit, enlivens my spirit. Because many times we come to the meeting, we feel dead and listless, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts to quicken, and you, you note the change in the singing, you note the change in the clapping, you note the lifting of hands, you note the response in worship. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's quickening my spirit so that I can worship God who is spirit. Amen. How many have experienced that? I think it's a tremendous thing just to experience the quickening of the Holy Spirit on my spirit in everything. And that's the only way we can worship in spirit. The Holy Spirit energizing my spirit to worship God who is a spirit. All right, in truth. How can we worship in truth? John 17, 17. Uh, this scripture is not on your sheet, by the way, so you might like to add it. John 17, 17. It is, is it? Oh, thank you. Okay. Oh, it's right there. Right, I didn't read that scripture. I put it in. It is there. John 17, 17. How can I worship in spirit and in truth? All right, in truth, John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Let's say the rest together. Thy word is truth. So if I'm to worship in spirit and in truth, Holy Spirit coming to my spirit, quickening and energizing my spirit so that I can worship him, and I'm to worship in truth, and thy word is truth. So in other words, it's the coming together of the spirit and the word in worship. And I, as I said, God's looking down on this great metropolis of Melbourne this morning, and I, I always feel this concern. I want God to look down on this little sheep shed here at uh, Waverley Road and say, Waverley Christian Fellowship, they're worshipping me in spirit and in truth. They're not just going through a religious form and a ceremony. Oh, I just appreciate the worship that's coming from their redeemed spirits. How many want that this morning? I want the Father, when we finish our lesson in a few moments, I want us just to really worship Him this morning. Let it just ascend to the Father our singing, and let it come from our spirit. Yeah? Otherwise, God will just say, well, they had a good service this morning. I didn't get a thing out of it. They had a good time. But what did God get out of it? Worship in spirit and truth. I want to come back to that in a moment. All right. Uh, number three, moving quickly here. What does worship signify? All right. Fill in here without turning to the scriptures. Worship signifies that a believer is a priest, a priest to offer spiritual sacrifices. A believer is a priest to offer spiritual sacrifices. 
And those scriptures there let us offer spiritual sacrifices. We are gathered as kings and priests, our, a royal priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. So we, a believer is a priest. I am just a priest this morning. I am not the priest. Jesus Christ is the priest. And one of the strong things that came out in the Reformation under Martin Luther was the priesthood of all believers. Many, many people today are robbed of their priestly ministry because they have a minister up here and it doesn't matter what we call him and he is the priest. And so we actually... And this is a, a frightening thing and a tragic thing that many congregations today look on their minister as their mediator, their priest, and they pay their tithes and offerings or pay offerings. He's paid to do my seeking of God. He's my priest. He's paid to study. That's his job. And I'll just sit back here and say, you're my priest. And we rob the people of their priesthood. And it's a truth that we need to get back to, the priesthood of all believers. Every one of us this morning are priests unto God. I'm not a, a the priest, I'm just a priest with you to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. Amen? All right, when are we to worship? Number four, <clears throat> I'll just give the fill-in on these things. At all times, I will bless the Lord sometimes. I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. I will bless the Lord at all times. A, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. B, continually. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So we're to bless the Lord at all times, worship him at all times. We're to worship him continually. C, I will bless the Lord while I live. Not when I'm dead. While I live. C, while I live. D, while I have any being. So, A, I'll bless the Lord at all times. B, I'll bless the Lord continually. C, while I live. And D, while I have any being. A whole life is meant to be worship. All right, I want to just get down to the bottom here, so I'm just going to read a little bit on number five. Where are we to worship God? In our homes. In the congregation. In the midst of the worshiping congregation, will I praise thee. I'll sing praises to thee. In the world, before the unsaved. So, oh, should we do it before sinners? Yes. Paul and Silas sang praises at midnight. Silas didn't say to Paul, now listen, Paul, it's midnight. Got to respect the sinners in the other jail. They may be sleeping. At midnight, they sang praises to God and all the chains fell off. Wouldn't that be good? Sinners come to a meeting, hear you singing praise, their chains fall off. Six, why should we worship God? God has ordained it. B, God inhabits our praises. Uh, the, I think it's the Swedish translation. Praise makes a throne. O thou that art enthroned upon the praises of Israel. So when we come and send up our praise, God sits upon the throne of our praises. No praise, no throne. God is enthroned in the praises of Israel. C, Praise glorifies God. Whoso offer of praise glorifies me. D, it is the voice of God moving in his people. Uh, then there'll, there'll be those who bring to the house of the Lord the sacrifice of praise. Uh, worship and praise changes into his image. We could spend so much time on that. We become like the God we worship. That's why so many fans today who worship the rock and roll fans and the Acid punk rock guys that have life-size pictures and posters of them sleeping in their bedroom day and night. They dress like them. Their hairstyles are like them. They worship them. They become like the God they worship. Right? So we become like the God we worship, Jesus Christ. God will meet with us. All right, let's just put this on the overhead here, taking the last uh, uh, information... The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. You could just put down, if you can squeeze it in there, in what ways are we to worship the Lord with our heart, 
spiritually, with our soul, emotionally, with our mind, intellectually, intelligently, with our strength, physically, bodily. In other words, our whole being, let me just say that again as we uh, bring this to a conclusion here, we're to worship the Lord with all our heart, spiritually. If it doesn't come from the heart and it only comes from our lips, then it's a form. Jesus said, in vain do they worship me. This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Our heart's got to be in it, saints, if we're going to worship. It begins with our heart. This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How be it in vain do they worship me? So there can be a lot of vain worship. God doesn't get a thing about out of it because it doesn't come from our heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, spiritually, with all thy soul. And I'm thinking of the soul invo involving uh, mind, will, and emotions, but mind is mentioned emotionally, volitionally, will and emotions, and with all thy mind, intellectually, intelligently, and with all my strength, physically. In other words, my whole being is to be involved in worshiping God. Now, I'd like to sort of uh, conclude here with this, that I, I got into a church one time, and I won't mention it just out of courtesy here, and when I went into the, uh, into the service, they gave me a program said, Brother Connor, we've had this program for 16 years and it's never been changed. And as I went through the program, it had a hymn and a prayer and a fast one, a slow one, a sermonette to Christianettes and a benediction. And then they said to me, now when you play the first prayer here, don't say amen. I said, oh, why is that? Well, the organist likes to play a little thrill. And if she doesn't get the thrill in, we're like we lose her. And she's the only one that can play between the cracks. I said, okay, oh, right, okay, don't say amen. And then when we get down to the operatory and the dedicatory, I want you to pray another prayer, they told me, and don't say amen because she has a different little frill there and she'll really get upset if you say, oh God, don't say amen. And uh, so I went into the service, I said, Lord, I'm bound, but your word's not bound. And we're only going to get here twice, first and last time, let's have a ball. And Jesus and I, we had a ball, and then they had a, had a board service after the meeting to see if they'd accepted the message. Well, I'd already preached it, so it didn't matter. But for some funny reason, they never invited me back. <clears throat> now, <laughs> the thing is, we don't bring our program of worship to God and say, God, bless my program. He brings his program and says, this is my program of worship, I'll bless it. So when it comes to worship, the Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He stands in the midst of the church this morning and he says, in the midst of the church, the worshiping congregation, will I sing praise. So he's to lead our worship and direct our worship to the Father. We're gathered as priesthood of all believers, the worshiping congregation. We're to worship in spirit and in truth. We're to worship with our heart, our heart spiritually, our soul, volitionary, volitionary, uh, volition, yes, volitional, all right, voluntarily, uh, with our free will, I mean. And emotionally, our whole being should be in it, our mind, intelligently, intellectually, we have an intelligent understanding of who we're worshipping and strength physically. We're to worship with our mouth, with singing. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. We're to worship with our hands. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. We're to lift up our hands in the sanctuary. I'm, I'm so glad we're in a fellowship where we can do this as a believing congregation. Amen? Uh, I've been in places where only the minister could lift up his hands and give the benediction. Eh? And then uh, other people come in and put up their hands half-masked. Huh? Well, I don't feel led to put up my hands. A guy comes behind you with a gun and says, put your hands up, and you say, I don't feel led. Uh, bang, you will in a moment. <coughs> oh, yes. Huh? <laughs> right? So, uh, lifting hands, instruments, praising without instruments. It's not just entertainment. It's worship. 
worship. So we're, our, our mouths, our hands, our body. Behold, bless ye the Lord, ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand. Oh, I'm tired of standing. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Now, what do we do that for? If we're going to stand, let's stand and let's do it as an act of worship. If the king comes in or the queen, we'd all stand right out of respect and honor. So just, you know, stand up one course, sit down another, stand up, stand up like a bunch of Christian yo-yos. No. What are we doing it for? Huh? Pardon me. Huh? Just being realistic here. Dancing. And saints, I want to encourage you that we're here as a body. And I believe if the leader, and I'm very strong on this, the leader is the leader. And if, 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 the, if the meeting is flowing that way, and it's a time of rejoicing, and he, he wants to dance and rejoice before the Lord, we all should be involved. If he lifts up his hands to lead in worship, we all should lift up our hands. We're here as a body, not everybody doing their own thing. We're here to flow as a priestly body. Last thought I'd like to put in your mind, and we'll have to develop it another time. There's a distinction between praise and worship. We sort of put it all together and say, well, let's praise and worship now, praise and worship, praise and worship. How many of us know the dif difference between praise and worship? Because many times we praise, but sometimes we never worship. Let me just give one statement on this, and if you like to write it down, you can. Praise, praise is praising God or thanking God for what he has done. Worship is worshiping God for who he is. Praise is thanking God for what he has done. Worship is worshiping God for who he is. I used to travel quite a bit and every time I went overseas or anywhere I'd always bring Mark and share him something back. And when they met me at the plane, hi daddy, glad to see you daddy, you got something for me daddy? You remember doing this son many long years ago? <coughs> I love you daddy, do you love daddy? Yeah, I love daddy. Why do you love daddy? Oh, I love daddy because he brings me presents. <laughs> can I open your bag daddy? And can I, which case is it in daddy? I love my daddy, I love my daddy. And it was great because he loved me for what I bought him. But one of the, great, <laughs> one of the greatest things my son said to me and my daughter when finally I said, what do you love daddy for? I love daddy just for you. Just for yourself, daddy. When he was younger, he loved me for what he could get out of me. He still does. <laughs> now, he said, I love you, dad, just for you. What do you think? Oh, father, I just love you. I love you for saving my kids and healing the cat, mending my broken leg, fixing up my puncture. Oh, thank you, God, for everything you've done. Oh, praise God for everything. But when the father hears us say, Father, I just love you for yourself this morning. That's worship. These messages are based on Kevin Connor's best-selling book, Foundational Principles of Church Membership. Visit kevinconnor.org for details.